1: everyone this is David welcome back behind the velvet robe let's just get right into it today because we are joined back by the one the only Miss Heather Thompson hi I'm so glad to be here
0: thanks for having me
1: what is going on where are you are you up in the Berkshires again
0: Yes. I just drove in from the city. I was there last night for my girl, girlfriend's 50th birthday party in the city. Amazing. It was so fun. It's so nice to be around people. And, you know, we were all outside and we were, you know, being responsible, but we need human beings as human beings. We need each other. The
1: city, it kind of feels like back to normal, right? Like not 100%, but like 90%,
0: right? Yeah, like I feel like life generally, it feels the city is just a mirror of of life generally. We're not quite there yet. There's normalcy happening and there's some new normal happening. But yeah, she's got the power of a beast, that New York. So not going to keep her down.
1: You're not going to move to the Berkshires full time, Heather?
0: No, I, you know, I straddle, I definitely straddle and I will say I am so grateful for the mountains and, you know, the country I always have been, it's in my heart and it's my church. So being able to have the escape here and the safety for Jack's who's, you know, really um, exposed in terms of his immunosuppression and that sort of thing. um, It's, it's a safer place right now for him and for us as a family. So I'm embracing that and I'm so grateful to it. Well, that's good. Well, there's a lot of things in your heart, and we're going to talk about In Your Heart podcast,
1: and we're going to talk about Beyond Fresh, your amazing new business and partnership. But before we get to all of that, let's just say, you know, listen, the last season of Rony, it has come and gone. You have come and gone. So how are you? How are you doing?
0: Thank you for asking. I'm good. It was, um, you know, it was difficult Anything that's worth something takes suffering. It just does. It takes pain. And, you know, the housewives going back to it, um, I had all of the best intentions, which is, you know, kind of funny to, to use that word intention, but always the best intentions. My predicament tends to be with the show always and has always been my predicament in the show is, is that I really, I go there to try to serve a purpose of, um, making people feel no separate, not separate, making people feel like they belong or they can relate, you know, on whatever level of relativity it is that there's some way that they relate, that they can tap into. And, you know, that, that comes from our life stuff that comes from our individual stories. And so when I bring, when I came to the show, I, I came with an intention and a purpose um, and that was to lean into what was going to, we knew already be a difficult season because they only had five players and everybody knows that that's like the bad number. And, you know, being a six player that had some history with the with the OGs and really excited about meeting new people. So I came in Um, in an old way with, I didn't research anybody. I didn't know anything about the new girls other than I had met uh, Leah once before at Dorinda's house filming. And that went, you know, that was uneventful. Um, And, you know, Ebony, I was excited for her being, you know, the first African-American on the show being that I had lobbied for it so heavily when I was uh, a full-time cast member. That's my intention. But the predicament is you can't have intention like that on reality television necessarily and certainly on the platform the way it is now.
1: I was just going to say, you know, you're living your life. We just mentioned your wonderful podcast, your new business, the Berkshires. You have your wonderful family. Like you didn't have any like, huh, this is housewives and, you know, I have great intentions, but, you know, like you had no trepidations in going back about maybe something could go awry.
0: Um, You know... I want to say honestly that I probably had some of my most embarrassing moments, you know, spewed out on international television on this return this season. But I never went back thinking I was going to embarrass myself. I never went back thinking that there was going to be terrible things that happened. You always go back, I think, with the right intention and, and the best feeling that, oh, well, you know, this is going to be great. But a lot had shifted. You know what I mean? First of all, I haven't been on the show or I wasn't on the show for almost seven years. You know what I mean? That's a long time. And a lot had changed. I opened my Twitter account because I was a housewife. Instagram didn't even exist. I don't, I didn't have the post-traumatic stress from six seasons that I've seen, you know, from multiple seasons that I've seen some of the other cast have after their departures from the show. I always made cameos. And so it was like a it's like a breakup to me. That's a bad breakup. But, you know, once you see the person again, you're like, oh, but they're so nice. You forget all the bad stuff. I think that's what happened to me is I forgot that there are pros and cons to doing the show. And I went in trying to think I could dip my toe in the water and not really get too involved, but be helpful. And that's an impossible That's impossible to do, even to sign a contract, which I never signed, but saying that I would only do the cast trips. That was never going to happen. That was foolish of me. You know, you really, if you, if you want to, you believe what you want to believe. And I wanted to believe that it was going to be a good thing.
1: And I've talked to other like friends of and stuff like that. And a lot of them, you're different because you knew these people, but a lot of them say it's like, you just don't feel like you have the same footing as the housewife.
0: Yeah, no, no. Oh, no, you definitely I mean, as a friend of the show, I didn't even think about those politics. I didn't even think that, you know, and I will be honest, I don't think, I don't think the producers of the show looked at me like that way when they called me and, you know, when we, when we talked about me going back on the show, their intention was the same as mine. I truly believe that in my heart. Um, but there's a lot of ego storyline going on now, um, on the housewives and it's, you know, it's missing soul it's missing, you know, it's soul that that's what I found. It was unrecognizable on many levels when I went back because, you know, it really should be like, um, a convention or a party of souls where the storyline should be coming from distances and, and all our life stuff. You know what I mean? And then we meet each other in this kind of individual place, our individual personalities, our individual psyches and stuff. But I always wanted it to be like an, I always tried to with the cast. And I think that's why Carol and I worked so well. I always wanted it to be kind of like an offering to bring others closer to that relativity that I told you about earlier. Like, you know, that they may relate to something that I'm saying, or they may relate to the way I react to something. But at the end of the day, I wish we were all kind of silently laughing behind the scenes and saying, oh, my God, that scene went so well. Not scripted. Reality. That scene went so well. I'm so excited about how I can do more good, how I can help the betterment of the greater good. And I know exactly what I'm going to say in my talking head and have that or my confessional and have that all be very positive but it's turned into a very me, 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 separate. We're all separate right now. We're siloed in so many different ways in life right now that we forget that we're a network. And I felt like I was not a part of an ensemble cast. I felt very much a part, like in a ping pong game of siloed, um, you know, uh, purposes.
1: Making content is such an essential part of what I do to keep this show going, but it hasn't always been a seamless creative process. Listen, in addition to what you guys see every day on Instagram, I tweet the show out and I post tons of video clips on YouTube all day for that day's show. I'll be honest, my design skill level ain't so great and my ability to learn new platforms is even worse. Ever since I found Canva Pro, I can design anything like a pro on any device. I feel like such an expert. Listen, it's a design platform that empowers you to create and share stunning content with just a few clicks. Designing with Canva Pro is so much fun and it's fast. You could choose from thousands of templates that are easy to customize, or you can just start from scratch. What I like the best about Canva Pro is everything is in one place, and it helps me stay organized. Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, video editor, it's all right there. So it's easy for me to stay on the same page with everyone else I'm working with. There's no more misplaced files, and there's no more tedious back and forth. The other thing I love about Canva Pro is the price. For just $12.99 a month, you and four teammates... can unlock everything Canva Pro has to offer. Really, design like a pro with Canva Pro. Right now, you can get a free 45-day extended trial when you use my promo code. Just go to canva.me slash velvetrobe to get free 45 days of an extended trial period. That's canva.me slash velvetrobe. Canva.me slash velvet rope, and you get a free 45 day extended trial period. Trust me, you're going to love it and it's going to make your life so much easier. Canva.me slash velvet rope. Did you feel like, in a sense, of what, like certain, like, or everyone or certain people were just like jockeying for like camera time, like me, like, this is what I want in the scene. This is what I want in the scene. Everyone had their own agenda.
0: Yeah, like self-producing, you know, how can I be most special? How can I stand out the most? Whether it's through shock value or whatever it is, it didn't feel like an ensemble cast. You know, and I will say, like, when I first joined the Housewives, you know, the the, the old OGs were welcoming to the, the new girls, the new cast. Um, but there was still a level of like, well, let's not promote them too much and let's not. So there's always been an underbelly of competition that I never really signed up to. I wasn't there to compete with the other women. I was there to create through our own individual, um, you know, values and the ways we think about things or where we come from or where we were raised, that should be a place where we come together. You know what I mean? The, the yeah. People can relate to that. Like, oh no, I, like the team, I'm team Heather or I'm team Aviva, for example, I wish they came and, and they do sometimes like podcasters like you and, and others have shared with me that, that it's not really personal for the housewife, but with social media today, it really is. I mean, it is, there's a whole nother world that exists off of what actually happens on the edited TV show. So now you have three players, right? You've got what really happened, you know, the, the, you know, 40% of TV that you don't get to see the actual filming that's been edited. So there's that story. Then there's the edited story. And then there's the internet. So, and then somewhere in there, you got the truth. So that's, that's a lot to gamble with um, when the stakes are so high and it's not about who didn't invite who to whose party. So you can almost tolerate it at that level because how long are you going to hold a grudge or cry about that? Like, well, I'm really still mad that they edited me pe- terribly because of the party thing. You can't really hold that, but when it comes to things that are so important and the stakes are so high, and we're already so divided, and there's so much confusion, I wish that there had been, you know, more of a responsibility of, uh, you know, of an ensemble feeling of what we're doing on the camera and what we're the underbelly of what we want to do as a team. Like that's, that, that's what I wish I had signed up to. What was I crazy?
1: <laughs> you know me, Heather, you could have called, you could have texted me. You could have said, David, before I do this, like, what is your advice? Not that everyone listens to me or who the hell am I, but I would have given you some advice.
0: I know, you would have brought me back into reality and I nobody have, did. Car- nobody, like no one said, don't do it. Everyone kind of understood why I was going to do it. You know, my, the only person that told me not to do it was my son, Jax. He really did not want me to do it. And he basically said, I told you so.
1: <laughs> well, Jax was right. E- even your husband was like, okay, I'm, I'm okay. If you're okay.
0: He is um, an, an incredible partner in the fact that he supports me when I feel like I can lean into something. Everybody was nervous for me. Every I was the only one that wasn't nervous for myself. And The beauty in that was I was able to evolve as a human being. I was able to take that and it humbled me and it made me lean into some work that I need to do to keep evolving as a human being and realize that as much as I feel like I'm an advocate and an ally and all those things to certain causes, sometimes the delivery or sometimes what you're doing isn't really the benefit that you believe it is. So we have to listen to that and then we have to pivot. Not be afraid to speak, not be afraid to make a mistake or speak up or be vulnerable, but be available to listen when you do misstep and then grow from it, move on and share it. So I was, I'm not thankful that everything that happened happened, but I'm grateful that I I do believe in my heart that people learn lessons because of my mistakes.
1: Which is all you can do. When did you realize, like, because I mean, from a viewer's point of view, I mean, really right away, we see Leah kind of going in on you and bringing up, you know, that, well, first of all, what a great promotion. I mean, this is me as a podcaster. I'm like, please mention the podcast as many times as you want. That must have been somewhat a good positive byproduct of all this. I mean she mentioned Leah mentioned your podcast a hundred times.
0: I know, I know. I like I said on Watch What Happens and a Million Times. I, I wish they only would have listened to it, but a lot of people did listen to it and a lot of people weighed in. And if you read the comments, there was nothing happening on my podcast uh, that doesn't happen all over the place around housewives and, you know, making little digs or snarky things or answering a question that gets taken out of context. I love that. Dorinda calls it the housewives grinder. And I I'll use that. I second that because, you know, I bring this as a perfect example um, with Sonia getting surgery on her face. I had no idea that she had surgery. And when asked the question, what do you think of Sonia's new face? I said, I like the old face. That's a positive thing. But that got swung into a negative thing that I plastic surgery shame people. I mean, so that's what I'm talking about. So I don't think that you are as a public figure. I don't think you're ever um, shielded from that sort of, you know what I mean? Activity. It's going to happen. Someone's going to throw it at you. You got to take the uppercut or learn to um put on that shield that teflon
1: (laughs) i'll admit it as important it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate which i love they also satisfy my carb craving but don't take my word for it right now 310 is celebrating a new year of goals I I would agree. So, I mean, was it right away? Like right away, you're like, wait a second. This is different. Here I am. This is what is this?
0: Right away. It was different because they they were newer housewives, you know, and the older housewives were responding to them in a way that I don't know, didn't, wasn't reminiscent of when I went, like when I, when I joined the show, you know, the, the girls that had been on this show before me for three years had a power, had a, had a sense of, we were here first. When I joined back with the new girls, that was gone. They were, they had all the, they had everything down, you know, they delivered quickly. They jump into scenes. They knew how to get the last word. They knew how to jump in, like all that stuff. I I learned that a little bit from like watching where if I was in an interview for example with um you know NBC or ABC or something like that and I was with the housewives the the seasoned housewives would know how to take the host back to them oh and I know a story about that too like you know I learned that I didn't do that it wasn't innate for me I learned it but the new girls it was it, they they were studied they were right in on it and they were in on it in lambastic type ways, like coming after you, not really like they knew everything about me and I knew nothing about them. And I felt that was put me at a disadvantage.
1: (laughs) Do you think that's just what housewives is now? Just it's been on no matter what franchise for such a long time, like people come in studied.
0: I would hope that there are people out there that haven't watched the show or haven't watched the show two and three seasons and every single episode and been uber fans of the show that are still out there. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm kind of an example of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I watch the show or I'm involved in the show when I'm on it. Or there's a scene that one of my girlfriends wants to, you know, me to watch or has told me about or whatever. But I'm not really a watcher of it, like a soap opera continuing part of my life. But a lot a lot of people are. But there are definitely people out there that aren't. I mean, what's the viewership? Like how many people live in the world? <laughs> like, there's got to be people we can bring in. <laughs>
1: That's I would hope so. I mean, do you think like to your point, the old OGs are then kind of afraid of the new girls?
0: Well, I think that when there's a shift in that particular atmosphere, it's never there's no gray, really, you know, you're either fired or you're reduced You know what I mean? So with the new coming in, what's the old adage? In with the new, out with the old, in with the new. I I mean, I think that there's a level of fear that's happening. And I think that that permeates throughout everybody, not new and old. You know what I mean? The older fearing that they're going to, this is now a career for them. You know what I mean? The people that have been there for a long time. I mean, 10 years, double digits, you know, is a career. What's left? What do I do after? How I maintain, you know, a lot of things. How do I maintain what I believe to be success, what I believe to be relevance, what I believe to be important, what I believe to, that makes me special serving that ego that obviously comes into play. Um, And with that serving of that for so many years consistently, I think you miss what I am lacking. And that is connectivity to the soul of a person. You know what I mean? What, who are you really?
1: Well, there is arguments and statement. I mean, do you think like Luann Ramona and Sonia have lost kind of the sense of their soul and like who they are?
0: I think when you're performing like that for so long and, you know, trying to be the funny and trying to have the one liner and trying to be relevant, fighting for airtime, fighting for importance, fighting to use the platform that you've created, which is one of a visual platform that people see you and your notoriety is what earns you your income, what's second to that? So all the income that comes from the show, period, but then all the income that comes from being on the show because you're you know, a celebrity, because you're well-known, you have notoriety. So there's things that come with that as well that are now, how do I replace that? So I think that there's a fear. And then there's a fear from the new girls, like, am I going to be good enough? Am I going to be strong enough? Am I going to show up enough? Am I going to you know, be, I don't know, controversial enough, dramatic enough?
1: That, so that doesn't sound like a fun environment to no, be in. No, none of
0: them said, am I going to be nice enough? Am I going to be kind enough? Am I going to make room to listen to others? Am I going to allow the storylines to actually permeate and discover people for the first time on television? I think that's where the network kind of has a problem on their hands between fourth wall, not fourth wall. The fact that, you know, Listen, you're a perfect example of it. You have, in essence, left law and has continued your life, making a career off of watching reality television, loving it, having opinions on it. It's a big enterprise that should continue to work. It should continue to work. I think, I think this season should have been the most poignant season for the, for the housewives. It should have been the most important ever done. You know what I mean? And, but it didn't turn out that way. And I think people, you know, leadership has to take a look at why did that happen and what were the reasons for that happening? And are we serving a greater good of the enterprise that we've created with this franchise?
1: So yes, I agree, because we're going to get I have a a statement about that in a second. So things went wrong between you and let's just start with Ebony for a minute. So we don't need to go back and rehash it because it's over and you did go on watch what happens live. And I thought you read or made a very poignant, heartfelt, honest apology.
0: Yes. Not I even did.
1: apology. Just like you know, to me, I took it like you, you, you understood the situation and why she was upset with you, right? I mean, am I putting words yeah, in her mouth?
0: Yeah. I, I totally understood all of it, and it took me a second to look at it through a different lens. It took me a second to even look through social media and see what was happening there, and you know what I mean. Like all of all of these things came together, and after watching the show versus after filming the show. You know, I felt a certain sort of way. And, you know, what was great about my conversations after the show with Ebony was those are the very conversations that I wanted to be having on the show. And it just didn't work out that way. So I was just hopeful that we had legs together, you know, as a team off the show to do good work. You know, I mean, I think Ebony's intention going on the show was to continue to do the work that's important to her. I mean, I don't think that, but I don't think that that's arguable from anybody, given if you look now, I've now spent the time to look at her career and understand a little bit more about her. You know, that should have been obvious to anybody that researched her coming in, that that was going to be a topic of conversation for her. It's, you know, her life's work and it's important to her. So I think that that's okay. And I think that having these conversations that are uncomfortable are important. And we are having them hopefully at our own kitchen tables. And we are, you know, talking in a restaurant and starting to quiet down because we're in fear that someone might overhear or whatever. The world is going through all this. And so we have to take pause to be uncomfortable. And what I was serving, um, I believe with, talking at the end of Watch What Happens Live, my heart reading from cards so I didn't mess up what I had written from my heart was that I saw trouble coming and I saw that we had no tolerance or room for anybody with the smallest microaggressions. And I knew that I stopped filming the season after just three days. So there was a whole season ahead and I was just trying for everybody to take pause to have some tolerance for understanding each other, listening to each other or make, making an opinion and, and have feeling that you can hold firm and true to that opinion. And that's what I wanted. I hoped that people would take room for that. And then I also wanted to share that even in with my best intentions, with all of the things that I made some really cookie cutter mistakes Now, yes, it's edited and you didn't get to hear. I wanted Ebony to feel included that I was her ally. And so not knowing that she had studied me, I was trying to talk to her a little bit about my background. You don't see that I first started to talk about Judaism. I'm married to a Jewish guy. Like I'm coming at this from a different place, you know, but of course the edit was, I know black people. So I understand you, you know what I mean? And Okay, I'll take the uppercut for that because I did, it It was a terrible delivery and they can't edit what you don't give them. It's just, it wasn't the whole story. So I'll take that uppercut and be the example so that people learn why that's annoying, why that's, you know, insulting, why that makes people that are black and brown feel uncomfortable. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's simple as that. Uh, You don't understand me. You can't understand me. You live in white skin.
1: This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Check out betterhelp.com slash velvet robe. You may not be feeling down and out and depressed or like you're at a total loss, but if your stress level is high, your temper is shorter than usual, Or even if you're starting to feel strained in any of your relationships, you could probably use the chance to unload, talk to someone who's completely unbiased and who's not gonna judge you or take sides. If there's stuff you can't tell your friends or family, this is the place to do it. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's a much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours, unload the stressors and get some unbiased feedback. You'd be pretty surprised at what you might gain for it. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Behind the Velvet Rope listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash velvet rope. That's B-E-T-T dot com slash velvet rope better slash velvet rope. And I know that after that, I mean, not even really after that, even before that, like you and Ebony are in a good place now.
0: Yes, we came to an understanding, um, you know, of each other. I, I think that You know, one of the things there's an old Hindu saying that says, don't invite an elephant trainer to your house if you don't have room in your living room for an elephant. It says everything. Yeah. And, you know, knowing, you know, what we have in front of us um, as a society, as a country to heal um, and to grow and to evolve in our thinking and our perspectives and take pause to think about the different spheres of realities that we all live on, you know, and in given who we are, how we were raised, what skin we were born in, et cetera, et cetera. That is the celebratory uh, pieces that are missing. And, And I think that there's opportunity for that. So it ain't over till it's over. So I believe in, I believe in the power of the franchise. Let's say that, let's hope they can serve it.
1: I hope so too. Did you hear from other people, like in the franchise, like after making that apology or statement on Watch What Happens, or people in the Bravo world, or anyone really?
0: Not um, necessarily Ebony. Yeah, I heard from one other, uh, one other of the housewives that wasn't that happy with me about it. Um, but I, I didn't make that statement for anybody other than the people I had hurt if there was someone that thought lesser of me or misunderstood where I was coming from for any reason whatsoever, I wanted to be sure that I clarified that I understood what I did. And I understood that I was lending to not helping, but lending to anti-blackness and white supremacy. And I learned that lesson pretty quickly. And um, hopefully other people learned it Also, And I knew that I knew I know that it's a microaggression to call her black or brown person articulate. I know it is in the moment. I was so sincere in her being a first wife, a first year housewife, entertaining a really difficult discussion where you have all those things that I mentioned, like someone wanting the first word and someone else wanting to shine. And, you know, all of that stuff in a very difficult situation, that scene where Ebony was explaining that to the ladies was long. It was an hour or long. And we saw the tiniest piece of it. We talked about Venus Williams and her struggles in that. There was so much more said in that. And I was emotionally wiped out. You know what I mean? And I walked into that bedroom to get my purse. Like cameras were down. My mic wasn't even on, you know what I mean? And in that I fell back on well, I fell back on something that I use as a, as a white person among white people. You know, you did, you did a great job with that. You were in a really difficult situation. You were incredible. That's really what I meant to say. But instead what I did is I, she didn't feel this way. It, she didn't feel lesser than, but it was a good example of how someone would say that in the context of, wow, so surprising. You could handle all that, which was not in the context that I said it. So I do think that there needs to be room for, you know, when you know someone, like I always say racism comes from what you mean, your intent, but microaggressions start to add up and you have to have um, an understanding and and, um, a perspective of someone else's reality when that comes at you all the time.
1: And I mean, I told you before I even started, like I learned stuff just from your whole, it's this whole. And so isn't that, I mean, that's what I took from your statement too. Like, that's what you were kind of saying. Like if someone could learn or you could learn, like I literally learned things from this whole thing. So I'm like, wow, that's
0: that's winning. That is winning. And it may be difficult and, you know, uncomfortableness is important. Um, but I do think that if we could, um, If we could be kind of like, you know, behind it all as a cast laughing, you know what I mean? Or celebrating in the good that we put forward in exposing our our truths, exposing our embarrassing moments, exposing, you know, what we think we know that we don't know. If there could be good served in all that, that's that's simply the one perspective shift that it needs. Network, ensemble, we are one. We are not separate. We are not siloed. We are well, on. Solo.
1: And it says a lot about you and Ebony because now you aren't. Things are good between the two of you. Yes. Who was the housewife you heard from that wasn't so happy with you?
0: I mean, you want to guess?
1: Was it someone from New York? Yes. I mean, I assume it was Leah.
0: No, she, I don't. Oh. The only time I hear from Leah is when she's screaming at me.
1: That is true. I assume it was <laughs> Luann. Ramona. Nope, I
0: don't speak to Luann either. So I, mean, I have, yeah, she wasn't that happy with me. But Why? I
1: don't, Why wasn't I Ramona happy?
0: I think that, um, I think there were some people that didn't feel it was necessary for me to do that. And that, but it was necessary for me to do that because, you know, of the, of the community of which I come from and the values and ethics of which I hold, I made a mistake that hurt people. Or, or could have hurt someone or is a lesson that someone would now learn and not do it to someone else. Like, whoa, hello, look at me. I messed up. Don't you do it. That, that's basically what it is. And, and taking that time to sit in that. And, and the honesty that came from that was I went in with an intention to help an ally and in a place where I really didn't have a right necessarily to do that. You know what I mean? And so I had to I take do. that to hit to the ego and that humbles you, but it it made me a better person. Cuz now I and plus you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. When I didn't stick up for Ebony initially, which of course it's an edited TV show, but at the table when she and Luann first got into it, first I didn't say enough, but then I said too much. So that's what I'm talking about with the tolerance. And looking for intention. Impact's important, don't get me wrong, but intention and looking for it, and then talking to a person said, I know you meant well. You know, I was surprised when Ebony said that in her talking head that I was white-splaining because still to this day, I don't think I was. If you had seen the whole edited portion, but if that gives an example of white-splaining can be, that's okay. You know what I mean? That's okay. And some people didn't feel like I did, and some people did feel like I did, but that's, those are the good lessons, I feel like. I just wish I had known about it. Like, why does that have to be shock value? Why couldn't she have said to me in real life, you know what, you think you did well, and you did, because this is what she said to me in real life. But in it, there was also harm that I had to point out because of the work I do. So why, why couldn't I have been in on that, knowing it was going to come, and knowing that we had a lesson to teach, not, not an uppercut? That's what I don't like about it. I don't think that we need to do that.
1: What that people meet, want their moment on TV.
0: No, as a housewife, you don't see the fully edited show until maybe a a day or two before the real world sees it. So you don't know what the talking head is and i feel like you know it's shock value and then the and then the reunion of course is is full of hate and and, and vitriol and because they've seen what the other ones have said about them in the talking head based on what the actual what, what actually happened or what they felt happened on the show does that mm-hmm. makes sense
1: that makes sense but i'm still back on what why does ramona need to reach out what does your statement on watch what happens to Ebony and people that you've hurt have to do with Ramona. I don't understand why she's upset. She thinks um, you're grandstanding and you're taking a moment in the spotlight. I, I don't I think understand. That in,
0: maybe in supporting, I'm going to guess because I didn't speak to her about it. But in after she said something to me in support of um, me being in support of Ebony which I wasn't in support of Ebony. I said, I thanked her for holding me close and near in a difficult time. And we talked through, and we had a couple of heated conversations where I felt she was very wrong or she felt I was very wrong. But what we did as two individuals is we worked through it. And I wish that we could do that on the show. We should show that on the show. And instead of the talking head being a shock to the housewife that actually films the show, I feel like we should be like in arms, in the background, knowing that we're going to be doing some of this work sometime for the betterment. That's the show I'd want to be on. Does that make sense?
1: It does. And what you're saying, I think also is like, so what Ramona thought that that was a jab, that was a check in on team Ebony. And that was a check. Yes. I think
0: that's, I think, I think maybe now after some reflection and I, like I said, I haven't spoken to her, maybe she doesn't see it that way, but at that moment, you know, there were still discussions of like, you know, the reunion and me filming the reunion and things like that. And I was, that was not, you know, that was not something that I could entertain for more than a second.
1: And you said you don't speak to Lance. So it sounds like you don't, do you speak to anyone other than Ebony? No,
0: no, no, I don't. I mean, I speak to the women I was on the show with, just not anybody on the current cast. Like my real friendships are what are real. And the friendships that I have because of the show or had because of the show you know, or changed my spots for, you know, those aren't, I never really had a, after I left the show the first time I had no relationship with Sonia, none, because I don't have any relativity to Sonia. We don't, I don't travel in her circles. I don't, we don't, I don't have a lot in common with her. We had the show in common. That was it. And when I saw her again on the show, I was happy to see her. It was good to see her. She looked great. I, I, she was funny. She was that weekend. Truth be told, the best part of it for me. I enjoyed that. Does that mean like I've been out to lunch with her and dinner with her and uh, you know I'm just forging some false relationship with her? No. I'm honest. It's like nice to see you, and I really mean that. But no, we're not going to go. You know, kick up our heels together in town tomorrow night.
1: Right, and you were. No less close to Luann and Ramona before. Like it's Luann this... and I were
0: truly friends when we were on the show. I mean, we when I first joined the cast of the show, I had a friendship with Luann that I that meant something to me. She was in my home with my young children. They knew her. My husband knew her. We had a friendship. I knew her daughter and her son, and you know what I mean? We had what I considered a friendship. But when I left the show, that friendship was like I was a show friend for Luanne. So something for me that was real was very shallow and, you know, just served a purpose for her. And once that purpose was over, then the friendship was over. So that's just not how I roll. So that's that ship sailed. I thought maybe we could come. I would have an honest truth about that with her on the show. But I never stayed on the show. I didn't want to stay on the show. So, and I didn't really, and I, when I spent that little bit of time with her, I had no interest in trying to rekindle or dig up something that was, was once was. And the truth of the matter is really with that, I learned the true lesson that you can never go back. Nothing is ever the same. You can never go back. It's always going to be different. So that was that. And Ramona and I had a friendship because of the show. We stayed in touch like a sorority sister or something would, not a very close one, but one that had an experience with, you know, with somebody. That's what I had with Ramona. And when it came time and they asked me to come back to the show, she was very excited for me to return. Luann was excited to have me return. Sonia was excited to have me return because they all knew they needed the sixth player. Not so much that it was me, but they were like, no, we get this. But it was too much for everybody that weekend. And it wasn't worth it for me to continue.
1: Were you ever sorry that you left? I didn't realize it was only three days, like that you left after three days. And then, like you said, like you watched all this play out on social media, like everyone had an opinion. I mean, we're way past that now. But like, right. Did you ever say, I wish I didn't leave? I at least I would still be there to explain a lot of stuff and look at social media.
0: No, it was more like I wish I had never gone back. I, after that weekend, I was like, I mean, it was like, how fast can I get the hell out of there? I was so creepy. I was actually talking to Carol in the car service on the way home. And I was like, I said to the driver, like, you can't repeat this kind of, you know, is this car bugged? Like, I felt so dirty. It was it was very dirty. I felt like it was. I, I've said this to, to the higher ups at Bravo. I thought it was dirty producing. I thought it was self produced. I didn't like any of it. I didn't recognize any of it, and it didn't feel um, like the right decision for me. And that's why I didn't continue it.
1: When you're and on, then the I phone.
0: put myself at a more disadvantage to your point by not being a housewife. Now I got the shittiest of edits I got. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm even on some of the things that I'm in the scene. They actually cut the they cut the frame so that I'm not even in the scene because they had to belittle me and devalue me as much as they quickly could. You know what I mean? And I understand that. I understand that the show has to serve the cast that they have contracts with. I wasn't mad at that.
1: Right, because they thought, hey, you're back. So let's have you in a scene. But when they realize it's there's no. End to it. Like you're not going to be there. Let's just cut you out of the scene because there's a story Everything. to be told.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, there were phone calls that happened, and then and then you have the media making up all kinds of fake stories about you know, no one wanted me. And I made all these excuses to not film. It was, it was so cut and dry. You know, I had a contract from the lawyers in my inbox when I returned from that weekend and I called them up and I said, there's no need. I will not be going forward. I mean, it was simple, clear and cut. (laughs) There was no other decisions.
1: Did they try to talk you into it or just?
0: Yeah. Yeah, they did. I mean, you know, for all the right reasons, because so much happened. It was so dramatic. I was, you know, attacked for like seemingly no reason. And so they, you know, it would have been nice to be able to hear that storyline and be able to do some of the storylines that I had come back to do, which was re- and maybe share some of my life, you know, which is kind of why I left to begin with, because I didn't feel like that they were authentically by my third season. It wasn't about authentic storytelling, you know, bringing our differences and our stories to the table and sharing in those differences, it became one-sided. And I wasn't, you know, I was in nutrition school. They weren't covering that. You know what I mean? I just felt like a pawn in a game. And if I wasn't really a player, a dynamic player, then I didn't want to be a part of it.
1: That makes a lot of sense. Well, This season was, I mean, this is just facts. It was the lowest rated season in the history of New York housewives. Why do, I mean, you know, there's a lot of theories about why. Why do you think that is?
0: Because I think that now I, you know, don't work for a TV ratings company and I'm nothing other than, you know, just from what I see is it was very, um, it was very one-sided in terms of, it wasn't about storylines and people's lives. It was about, you know, one or two topics and, you know, it wasn't deep. It was. And I, so I feel like, like I said, you know, don't invite, you know, an elephant trainer over for dinner. If you can't fit an elephant in your living room, you know, maybe a balance in casting, you know what I mean? Like, which kind of was my marching orders, by the way. You know, when I really, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that I was given the marching orders to be a bridge between, you know, Ebony and the and the and the OGs, you know, because right. there was such a gap of understanding. You know what I mean? That having a bridge, you know, nobody should change their spots. I am guilty of it. I've changed my spots for reality TV, and I've accepted things sometimes that I normally wouldn't accept in my life. I'm like, well, I guess that's okay. You know what I mean? It's not really okay. Like because fans loved it or everyone thinks it's fun to, you know, fall down drunk and be completely, you know, inebriated and not be able to vocalize. You know, I don't, that's just not, you know, I mean, I have friends who are, you know, severe alcoholics, like sick alcoholics, and I don't cancel them out of my life. They are in my life and I love them through and through, but I can, those are people that I love. I don't you know, if I choose to hang out with people, I get to pick and choose what am I picking? You know what I mean?
1: And do you think, cause that is one of the reasons people say it's like an off season. Like, do you think it's because there is no bridge? Like it's, this is not a cohesive group. These aren't. No, real they friends. Don't know
0: each other. They don't know each other. Lee and Ebony never knew each other. That's all made up. They, you know, allied together or whatever it was they did. Luann, they don't know each other. You know, I mean, when Aviva joined the cast, Luann knew her. Sonia knew her. They had a history with that you know, with that woman, I had, I had met Sonia, you know what I mean? She had come to my showroom, you know what I mean? We had met. So meeting her for a second time at a party with her new friends, like that worked. And I had met Carol right one time before filming. So there was, and we didn't pretend, we didn't pretend, we didn't pretend to be best friends. We didn't pretend That we knew each, that we knew each other. Like that was one of the things that, that was an issue when I was on the show, when Aviva brought her friend to the show, which wasn't really her friend, the stylist. Do you remember the one, um, what was her name? Remember when I was on the show, it was the big, when I said, um, Oh, you want to deck me, honey, deck me. I don't
1: remember a stylist now.
0: She was, well, she was an image consultant. That was what her job was. God, what was her name?
1: Now I'm going to have to Google it because now you got to Google it.
0: But the funny thing was, was she was not, she, they were trying to bring in new cast members and they brought this woman. I don't know where they found her or anything like that. You know, God bless her. They brought her and they made her, they, her and Aviva pretended to be friends. And I was like, you're not friends you know, Oh, you hired her as your image consultant. I say, well, whose images do you consult? Like it was all made up and it didn't work. Right. She didn't work because she forced herself in. It didn't work, but now that works. That seems to they. I don't know why they think that formula works because I don't think it does.
1: So you think that that could be part of it? I think, it's, more like... I
0: think it's not one thing. I think it's been, uh, you know, a lot of things adding up,
1: Oh, we get into the multitude of things that Miss Heather thinks are the reasons uh, possibly for the ratings decrease Uh, and things that I think, you know, we address, you know, is it race and all these serious issues that everyone keeps saying that they don't want to hear on Housewives? A lot of people do want to hear these on Housewives. So is that it? We get into Jill Zarin's recent claims that it's a lack of men. And husbands and we need more of families. Don't think that I skipped over Heather saying that she left the Hamptons, got in an SUV, Ask the driver if it was bugged or being filmed or if anyone was listening and then called Carol Raswell. Oh yeah, I want to know what Razzie had to say on that phone. So we get more into that. We get into, you know, cast changes. If we want to get the ratings up, what does Heather suggest? Who, Who should be let go? Should anybody be let go? And who should we bring back from the past? And of course, we talk about a lot of other things, but after all of this, I have to ask again, Heather, would you return to grony would you and if so what would that take and what would that look like stay tuned for part two coming very very soon thanks for listening to yet another episode of behind the velvet rope because without you listeners i would just be a crazy person with voices in my head and if you like what you hear